for this opportunity to come before your throne and find mercy, grace to help us in our time of need. And we always need you, Lord. I know sometimes we kind of run away from that, but you are so willing to help us, so willing, Lord. And we need to keep that in mind at all times. So we honor you and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So today we're going to talk about the fact that we are healed as we went. Amen. Here we go wenting again. Don't ever get satisfied with just wenting. Understand that you're wenting somewhere. You're wenting somewhere. You're wenting to find your healing. (laughs) You're wenting to the place of release of your faith for your healing, or you are wenting in obedience to God's laws, and we are always healed as we go. Amen. Uh, we need to understand that, that, that when Jesus told the Syrophoenician woman that it's not good to take the children's bread, amen, and give it to dogs, but the important thing here is the fact that he called healing the children's bread. And also in the Lord's prayer, that prayer is give us this day our daily bread. So every day we get a dose of healing. Amen. We are being healed every day. So we are wenting every day. What are we receiving? Well, you're receiving healing for your soul, for a damaged mind. You ever notice that people tend to mature as they serve God, as they walk faithful to God, I'm not talking about religious people just come and and kind of get meaner the longer they've been in, in the presence of God. Nobody here fits that bill, so I'm not throwing no shade, you know. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, because they're not doers, they, they're just hearers. They just hear the word. They don't do it. And so they live in a deception that they're mature, that they're right with God, that, you know, every until they hit a brick wall. And, and sometimes that's the blessing, the mercy of God is they hit that brick wall because, you know, sometimes that will make you wake up and realize, you know, maybe there is something that's not quite right here. <laughs> you know, I need to stray. And we all need to do something like that. We can all make improvements, you know, be more yielded to God, be more cooperative when he gives us you know, our instructions, et cetera, et cetera. But the average just religious person thinks that coming to church and and giving some in the offering is really a big deal. You know, they focus on works. uh, And if they can focus on works and, and, you know, feel good that they're doing everything they're supposed to do, they're not that concerned about being obedient to God when they're not, you know, you know what I'm saying, every day, like around the family. Uh, and, and witnessing the people and, and being loving and kind and on the job making sure that their witness is, it was, is what it needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes God will put it on your heart to do certain things for your boss or, you know, when they have, uh, 
you know, whatever that national boss's day or something like that, uh, you should at least get a card, do some kind of a greeting or, or something like that. Or, you know, sometimes it's good to keep your eyes and ears open to, to make note of things that, that please people, things that certain people like, so that when occasions come up for you to show them some love, you know what to, what to offer to them. You know what I'm saying? That, to me, that's just average Christian behavior. That's not a big deal. And, and so it, it's, it's, it's good for us to understand how to live for God every day and make it a priority to do the things that are pleasing in His sight. Amen. Uh, instantly forgiving, that should be in everybody's automatic category box by now you know where we don't have to go tell everybody about everything somebody did wrong to us you know once you tell god and you tell god well god i forgive them and and god would you forgive them and and bring some goodness you know we're to bless people that that treat us wrong you understand what i'm saying pray a blessing toward them god it's the goodness of god that changes people you know, his goodness leads everybody to repentance, even even people who are saved, you know. And so we, we should pray a blessing toward people and ask God to reveal his goodness uh, to them uh, so that they'll change. They, they can change by the goodness of God. And so, and we do too, because if we didn't, honey, trust me, if God wasn't giving you 24-7 what you need, you'd be screaming at him. You know, we all would because we expect him to help us and to bless us and care for us. And so it's it's a blessing really to have these things in our 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 you know, our sights and our and have goals that you want to accomplish with with the things of God, you know, and you know, God, I want to be a Christian for real. I'm tired of this halfway Christianity, you know, doing some stuff, not doing other stuff and not want to extend myself too far you know that kind of putting a restriction on what i'll do for you and and so we we need to understand that that there is obedience that that is required from god and and to not get off your foundation of the instant obedience type things you know Uh, you don't have to nurse wounds you know he there's an anointing that that really operates in us that binds our wounds and heals our wounds and see that comes that flows out of us and through us every day. Uh that's our daily bread. See we receive that continual healing where your soul is so is not quite as tender as it used to be. It's not quite as easily offended uh as it used to be. You don't make note of things like you used to. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you'll think something will something will be said to you, and you don't even respond to it. And you you'll sit and think, you know what? That used to really upset me when I heard things like that, or when people would say things like that would set me off. What's happening to me? You know, I must be saved. Yeah, you're saved, but you've received some healing too. See, you've received daily bread. See, daily bread takes care of that. Bad upbringing, bad relationships, constant rejection before we met the Lord. All of that. See, daily bread is what takes care of that. Amen. And so when God sends us our daily bread, that's that's part of what he's doing. 
in us. And sometimes, you know, he'll come and talk to us or he'll show us things in the word and, and we'll see, oh, wow, wow, God, you can even take care of that. And so that's the children's bread. The children of God are entitled to that level of redemption and restoration that God wants to do in us to redeem the land, the land that the enemies just plowed through. You know, and destroyed and, and nothing good can grow there. Fallow ground. He starts to unearth that fallow ground. And we'll get in situations that really used to, to mess us up and we'll find we're very little affected at all by them. Amen. Sometimes you'll be avoiding things like, you know, uh, Jacob and Esau. You know, if you recall, they had lived apart for a couple of decades because they both had families, they had land, they had children and wives and, and all of that. And then Jacob heard that Esau was looking for him. And Jacob is like, the last time I saw that dude, I was running for my life. Amen. Because I stole from him and he knew he was wrong. He knew he's doing wrong when he was doing it, but he could not help himself. <laughs> but see, once you mature in God, you realize you what the wrong you've done and now you can help yourself. So Jacob decides that he's going to make a peace offering toward his brother. And, and so and, and just to stay on the safe side, if the brother wants uh, revenge on him, he sent his wife and his children ahead into safety, you know, because he was expecting his brother and it was a deserved. You understand what I'm saying? And so um, when his brother met him, though, he was so glad to see him. And and Jacob offered him peace offerings. He said, no, God has blessed me, and I have a family. I have this, and I have that, and I'm just glad for the reconciliation. And see, that's what God is doing in all of us. He is healing us on the inside. See, Jacob worked under Laban. To get healed so he could reconcile with his brother. But it didn't look like it. It looked like Laban was cheating him and he was. But Jacob was, was, was seeing, getting a mirror image of what it looks like to live under the kind of behavior that he used to do to people. But see, the thing of it is, God prospered him, even under a mean man, where he robbed his brother and didn't give him anything. God, the goodness of God changed him and taught him, see? And this is what we go through. Some of the situations we go through are situations where we used to be in, we used to be that person that now is not treating us well. And we get a chance to look at it and we get a chance to see that we're surviving and we're, we're, we're not offended. We're not hurt really, but because we're in a grace bubble that, that repels all of that in a, a love bubble in God where we know it doesn't penetrate. See, when you have the love of God in you, these wounds and hurts don't penetrate as much. It's the same thing that happened with Jacob. He said, let my righteousness speak for me. When you're in righteousness, you, you have a shield that where the, the wounds, you don't take it as seriously. You understand? If you do, you know, 
ask God to heal you from that because when you're when you're in the grace of God and you you live in the love of God these things don't they don't penetrate as deeply as they do when you don't have that protection you got me I think sometimes we go crazy because we just used to going crazy but that stuff is not hurting you you know it's like uh little kids when when your children are small and they outside plan hurt themselves, fall down, so forth. And so, ah, mom, mom, you pick them up and console them and everything. And then they start coming in there. They barely hurt and they won't be picked up. So you say, no, boy, nothing wrong with you. Go on back out there and play. That ain't even, that scratch ain't big enough to even cause, you know what I'm saying? And that's what God does with us. Girl, get back out there and fight for me. That little scratch ain't doing. And if it penetrates, you come back to me and I will heal you deeper. You understand what I'm saying? I'll take care of all of that. Nobody out there can do anything to you. You're born of an incorruptible seed. Got invincible seed in you. Need to act like it. Amen. And and so this is what God does. That's daily bread. Our daily bread, the children's bread, does that for you. Amen. You know where you used to. I, I tell people when I start giving my testimony, people just stare at me like, and I say, I can't believe I said, honey, God did this to me. You know, I mean, yeah, I was all of those things. Without him, I'm that little wimpy person that couldn't even go out of the house and buy groceries. But let me have a credit card now and see what I do. (laughs) I'll have a house painted 10 different colors by the time he gets home. Huh? (laughs) But he restores. He renews. Restored restoration is kind of interesting. I, I watch, um, you know, some, what's safe to watch most of the time. You know, HGTV, they invade that with all these different weird people. But, um, you know, I watch people sometimes that they have a passion for restoring old properties. And they'll say things like, this is common that they say. They say, well, see, now the restoration, see, when they built this, they didn't have this product, that product, this product, and that product, which will keep it from deteriorating the way it did the first time. So now the restoration makes it stronger than it was when it was first built. That's us. See, God's restoration, the children's bread, makes us stronger than we ever were. You understand? We're going back to the original plan of God, but also we have more in God now than even Adam and Eve had. Because when they sinned, it plunged them into centuries of trying to find God again. We have him now on the inside of us. See? When when he created them, he placed them in the garden. With us, the garden's in us. See, the kingdom's within now. And we're not walking around in a wonderful place, vulnerable to the enemy. Now we can resist the enemy, and he has to run in terror and scream. That's why a lot of times demons like to scream when they manifest because they can't take the anointing. They can't take your commands. They can't take your words. They can't handle it. And so we we have to understand now who we are, the resilience that God has placed in us. 
because we have the Holy Spirit and we have the character of Christ developing in us. Amen. Christ in us, the hope of glory. His character is being developed in us on a daily basis as we receive the word, as we receive healing, as we get in situations. See, difficult situations are are designed to drive us to the word, to drive us to God. And that doesn't mean that you ain't been reading your word, but now you really read your word. You understand what I'm saying? You read it like it's your job because you need him to come to your aid and rescue. God, what's going on here? Help me to get through this. Let me, let me keep myself strong in this. Amen. And so he's building strength and resilience, uh, in his people. And in the, the things that he wants us to do, he is strengthening us for the days ahead and strengthening us for today. And so we need to always understand that, that, that we take a daily dose of healing. Amen. And our animals eat the crumbs from the table. The crumbs are not for us. They're for your pets. Amen. So they can receive their healing too as crumbs from, from our table. Amen. And so I, you know, that's why people say things like, Oh, you shouldn't give your dog that. I said, honey, I live in a whole different world than you live in. You know, you live where you live and that's good. They need dog food. She gets some of that, but she gonna get her, her crumbs from the table too because she's entitled to be healed. You know, that way I don't have to keep running up to the vet and all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. So, so they stay well because of that. These things God will show you. You spend enough time thinking about stuff and wondering in the word and God, why is this? And show me that. And how is this? And what's true about this? And what's true about that? It's called meditating. This is how you meditate. You chew it up. You ingest what you can, and then the the part that you can't receive right now, he digests that for you, and then he'll feed it to you. Amen. Like a little bird. You know, little birds with their little open mouth, the Holy Ghost will chew that up for you and and feed it to you, you know, and it becomes strength inside of you. And so so the word is food. It's just like food. When When God says it is food, he means that. And if we could think of the word as food, amen, and, and have, have a, uh, uh, the diet that he picks for us, not just what we want all the time, stay out of drive through, sit down and bless your food, amen, take some time, talk to God while you're eating it, amen. And it's not all about, can you give a miracle and cut my calories in half? Huh? Amen. So give me self-control. I know I can do this. Amen. You know, I see some of these little diets. They call them diets and people ain't doing nothing but making you eat less. They give you them little containers and you put this, just fill the container up. Well, that container don't have but two tablespoons in it. That's all you're supposed to get. Amen. Amen. You know, you can splurge. Now, when we would have the conferences, we had sumptuous meals. Glory to God. But that was only twice a year. You know, you can't eat like a feast every day. 
you know, and people would want to come in there. Well, I can't have this and I can't. Well, you go keep it moving, baby. Somebody behind you who going to eat yours and more, theirs and yours, just keep it moving. Amen. <laughs> but we would have things, you know, the workers would be there late at night. And Mr. Howard, I said, Howard, I said, let's do an off menu. We have, what did we have that time? Oh, we had a nice seafood, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, um, what do you call it, monkfish thing that we did. We had that and, uh, we would have some, some very kind of exotic things that we would do. We always had beans and cornbread, you know, off menu. You give that to everybody else on the thing and they'll flip out on you. So we said, nah, we'll just put this in the back for people that, that know. You know, that know what to do. So, so we always had that, but we, it, it was a special time for us. How you girls doing back there? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, so, um, we would do things like that because my heart was to bless the people that kept, y'all don't mind if I just talk a little bit, but bless the people that, that were taking care of what, of God's business. You know, um, and I didn't believe in this stuff. Ministers are way up here and the workers are, you know, you know, forget them. We, every, we all ate the same. Amen. Everybody had the same food, the same everything and, and so forth and so on. And, and so we, we, that was, that was how, how we live. That was what I felt God was telling me to do and how to do for people and just have the best of everything as much as we knew how to provide it and just allow people to have everything that they needed because they were there to get refreshed in the word, the, there, if, if the workers had to do work, that they had to know that they were just as important as everybody else there. I, I'm just a stickler for that kind of stuff. I don't, there's no class in, in God's kingdom. Everybody is loved and important. And I've seen, I've seen ministries that would have volunteer workers and, and they barely could afford to get there and barely could afford all this food and nothing was provided for them. And I just believe God makes bread of provision for his children than that kind of nonsense. So I just vowed we would never do that, and we never did. And so we didn't leave you, take you to a city for four days and leave you on your own to feed yourself. Because we didn't do that to the ministers. And see, if we took care of them, we take care of everybody's God's child. He's no respecter of persons. And everybody got to eat every day. Three times a day. And so we made sure that everybody was taken care of the same as everybody else. And there was no difference or no respect of persons there. And, and I just believe that that, that kind of provision every day where, where God's children are crying out, give us a stair daily bread. That's every day. Amen. And, and physical feeding as well as Spiritual food as well as healing is the bread for God's children and that's what we're entitled to every single day. And so knowing that, we're always winting. Amen? Being healed as we go. As you go and obey God, as you go and do what God set you here to do, as you wake up every morning and, and worship God and thank Him for this day, God, I'm going to rejoice and be glad right here, right now, because this this is what you made this day for. And if you started out that way in rejoicing and gladness, that's part of your winting. 
Amen? That's part of you being healed as you go. To praise and worship God. If if you read some of the, the, the scriptures, like uh, Psalm, uh, I think it's 103. That's one of our major majors. In fact, the, the, the book that we have on uh, the daily benefits, being loaded with benefits, it's from Psalm 103. And and in Psalm 112, I think too, and it said, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. That means you gotta get up and worship him. You can't sit up and wonder, well, what does that mean, fear the Lord? You need to be doing it. See? Because the blessing is in the doing. The blessing is not in just the reading it and say, Oh yeah, that sounds good. No, 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 no. When you worship God to reverence him, put him first, that means you get a worship in him and thanking him. Always have him on your mind in a good way and being thankful for everything he does for you. And the list of things that that provides for you is amazing. You mean to tell me if I just say, Father, I thank you, I bless you, I praise you, I worship you. You're the one true and living God, Lord, and you love me. I thank you that you chose to dwell in me and you have chosen me. I didn't choose you, you chose me. I thank you for that. I know how special that makes me feel, Lord. Just that little bit gets you on the right road. You understand what I'm saying? And then throughout the day, just reflect on the goodness of God. God, look what you did for me. You know, this morning I had a a number of things. I usually will organize myself in such a way where I pack my vehicle the day before or during the week. I'll put little things in there that I can put in there. And I, I don't like being overwhelmed and I don't like being caught by surprise. So if if somehow I oversleep, I'm not killing myself trying to where is this, where is that, and pack this and pack that. And so I, I had I had thought about something when I went to bed and I said, Well Lord, can you remind me tomorrow to put this in my vehicle? And this it was the last thing. And when I got up I couldn't remember where I put it. I knew I brought it in the house, but I couldn't remember where. And and um, I looked in all these little, you know how it is when you look on your own. You ain't really looking. You just running from here. They're nervous. So that's just a nervous run through. Amen. And so, and I thought about it. I said, Lord, it's got to be in this place because this is where I would normally put it, you know, but that don't mean nothing. Because I'm abnormal half the day. I'm normal part. Well, I'm not even. Okay, well, we won't even go there. Normal, abnormal, whatever. But, but you know, I'll lay stuff down because something else pops in my head and I run off and do that, you see. And so when I went back, I said, it's got to be. And the minute I put my hand down, it was right on top of it. Well, the Holy Spirit led me there. And I said, gosh, you're just so good. You do. I don't even deserve you to be as good. I should be keeping up with my own stuff. And it's like, Barb, when have you ever kept up with your own stuff? Seriously? You know, and, and so, but anyway, but you know, he found it for me. Even though generally speaking, I do it the day before and I'm more comfortable that way. I took a chance and put it. And see, sometimes when you break a routine 
or you break a pattern, it really throws you way off. So it's best to stick with the pattern so that you can make sure it, it, it goes as well as it can go for you. That's, I'll put it that way. But anyway, God is just that good. And, and then throughout the day, you just contact him. God, you know, you're so good. And I just thank you. You just take me directly to where stuff is. And, you know, I'm not as organized as I'd like to be, but working on it, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, he takes care of us. So, so that's to me, that's part of fearing the Lord. Worshiping the Lord is just keeping him in contact with you on a continual basis throughout the day. And, and just always have a, a thanksgiving in your heart. And on your lips and, and, uh, always offering, making those offerings up to the Lord. Uh, he receives those and, and those, those are good to always do. So in will in Luke chapter 17, why don't we go there to our text and it's the 10 lepers story. We've heard it, but we haven't heard it. <laughs> you know, one time reading, come on now. Amen. There are things, if you had a, a love letter from a, a boyfriend that you read your first crush in high school or whatever, you find them letters and just take them out, read them over. What well, is the same thing? This is better right here. The, the Bible, we can't just read it once. You gotta read it over and over and over again. Get, get fed, get full, get blessed. So 17 and verse 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria, and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. Now everywhere that Jesus went was an ordained place for him. You know, it's not like he just walking somewhere and let me just go here and see what's up. He, he, these were ordained for him. He was led there by the Spirit. And it said here, and if it's an ordained place, and this is what you need to know about yourself. If God has told you to go somewhere, he's going to meet you when you get there. Amen. Always go to the designated places first. You know, don't we're not just cruising around looking for stuff to do. We've got ordained stuff to do, folks, always. And so it, they lifted up there. They stood afar off, just like lepers do, because they're unclean. And, and. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Amen. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There were not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Amen. Now it appears that everybody was healed as they went. Now what is wenting? It, it, to me, it's obeying the instruction of God. Amen. We are all wenting. If, if, if you're in daily 
or, uh, say for instance, God has told you, uh, say you have a pain or an ache or a diagnosis and God has told you, you stay in the word every day, you know, read your healing scriptures, trust me with your healing. And, and, and so those are your winting instructions. So the instructions are from, from Proverbs 4.20 to 22, my son, attend to my words. Now we all know that. You all know when you need to be healed in your body, you get your healing scriptures and you take the medicine of the word. Amen. Nobody goes, you weren't healed when you went to the doctor, the first pill you took didn't, didn't heal you the first dose. You had to do the prescription. Amen. So this prescription is to stay in the word until you are healed because it is the medicine that will heal you. Now we may think there's a shortcut somewhere. Amen. Q, um, I can't think of the guy's name now. Oh, I was on, it was on the tip of my tongue a minute ago. Hey there, little red riding hood. How, what? Chuck! Pastor Shirley, somebody bail me out. Poppy usually bail me out. But, uh, um, oh Chuck, you weren't listening? I can't sing it again. You know, I can't do my invitations, but one time, one time and I'm out. But, huh? Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Hey there, little red riding hood. Did you ever think you could go walking out with the big bad wolf? But if you think there's a shortcut to your healing, the big bad wolf will get you, little red riding hood. Amen. I always want to take the shortcut where it's more dangerous. So you've got to take the full prescription of the word that's required, and that's your winting. See, those are your winting instructions. Winting always kind of goes the same way. There are winting principles and winting instructions. Amen. So the first instruction to Jesus was go show yourselves to the priest. In other words, don't come to me. Go show yourselves to the priest. But check this out. As they went, they were cleansed. Generally, you went to the priest for him to tell you you were healed. Now, many times lepers, their symptoms would start to subside. and But they had to be checked out by the priest. That was the law. You had to follow the law. So Jesus has them follow the law. It appears that everybody else was a Jew. And there's one Samaritan who doesn't really follow the law. Now Samaria was, was part of the, uh, Samaria was where Judah and who was the other tribe? Judah and there was, it was two tribes that these were David's, the tribes that stuck with David when Absalom tried to take the kingdom from him. So there was a southern and a northern kingdom. Judah and probably Benjamin. Yeah, uh, it, they, they, they were, that, that capital was located in Samaria. 
then Jerusalem was the other ten tribes. Amen. And so when when um uh the Samaritans didn't really have the priesthood the way Jerusalem did. That was always where it was happening. But the Samaritans kind of got cut off and they were considered to be dogs, less than, because they didn't have the, the full priesthood like the others did and so forth and so on. So they didn't really follow the law to the letter, so to speak. And they were kind of looked down upon by the, the Jews who went up to Jerusalem for worship. And so here these guys are on their way to the priest because that's the law. And they are trained more to obey the law, perhaps, than this Samaritan guy. Because Jesus refers to him as a stranger. Amen? Stranger from the covenants of God. Amen? And, and the strict adherence to the law. And But if you see you're healed, just because he said go to the priest... That don't stop you from giving God glory. Because there were Jews that were healed throughout Jesus' ministry. And just like the guy sitting outside of the gate, beautiful. When he got up out of that, that, uh, about, out of that, uh, uh, when his, his, he was crippled and when he was healed, they said he stood up on his feet and was walking, leaping and praising God. So that's just a normal human response to somebody that's that's helped you that much. Being healed will change your life for the better, for the good. And so Jesus is is this he kind of marvels at this. He says they didn't turn around to give him thanks except for this what he calls a stranger, the Samaritan is the one. Then the the other thing, you know, we know the story about the Samaritan on the road who took care of the person that that was sick, and and Jews were commanded to live this kind of uh, loving lifestyle, and and they crossed the street and <laughs> avoided the guy that needed help, and so we we begin to understand that that the things of God are a matter of the heart. How is your heart touched by what goes on in your life? And, and it, it, it brings us to who we are in Christ. We, our hearts are circumcised. There's no reason for us not to be loving, helpful, uh, loving toward God, loving toward man, want peace with everybody. We should live this way. And so it says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, when he gave them these instructions, it's not clear, but I believe it infers that were they were not healed. At the time when he told them, he said, go show yourself. So Jesus was not operating out of anything he saw in the natural on them. It's not like Jesus is looking at them and the symptoms are disappearing. And he said, oh, wow, look at this. You looking good. Go show yourself. I wasn't like that. See, with Jesus, it's always a faith deal. He always moves not by appearance, but by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we need to do when we need anything from God. We obey the leading of the Spirit no matter what it looks like in the natural. You can't go by natural for what God has for you. And the more you walk with God, the less he's going to let you try to sneak a peek into what he's doing so that you'll keep going. We do better to keep going not seeing anything. I'm going to say it again. We'll do better 
Now, this is where normal hay said, this is where you leave, new, lose 90% of the people in the church. Because <laughs> we always want to see something. I just need a little encouragement. Well, the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. And they, he was under a death sentence. They was coming back to kill him. Amen. But he had the courage in God. He knew where to go. Amen. You read them Psalms. If David didn't know where to go, none of us knows where to go. Amen. <laughs> and so it, it, it's, it's the invisible kingdom that we have to be more checked into than these things in the natural. I'm, I'm really blessed when God will show me things in the natural to confirm things for me. Just cause I know he loves me. He's like, well, Barb, you know, you've been hanging in it pretty good. Let me show you this, you know, to, to keep you encouraged and, you know, just to bless you. You know, this is between me and you, you know, but if I tell you, you don't need it, then you got to trust me that you don't need it. Amen. You need my word more than you need something that you can see. Amen. I'd rather live out of Abraham's faith than Thomas's. In fact, Thomas's faith won't get you anything. Amen. More blessed to believe first and then see. That's the way it goes. So, so here he said, go show yourselves to the priests, not because they looked healed or because their symptoms changed, but because that's faith. He has to release faith as the author and finisher of everybody's faith. Jesus has the right to demand from us what he needs to see in order for us to receive what we're asking for. So he says, go show. So what he's telling them is go as though you're healed already. Act like you are before you are and you will be. Amen. And that's just a, a faith principle. You've got to believe enough to do some kind of action to move you toward what it is that you're asking God for. And the Holy Spirit will tell you what action. Now, there are some things that we know to do. Amen. Heal people do what? They get up. They get dressed. They go to work. They don't lie in bed all day long. Amen. So when you're healed, you you start to do the things that heal people do by faith. And then your body will respond. Your body will get convinced. Hey, well, listen, let me, we got to get going because this girl ain't stopping. You know, we better get it together here. So your body will begin to mend itself by your spirit. Will begin to put your body back together again because your spirit and your soul have convinced your body that it's okay. Amen. And this is how it's done. Amen. This was his part that I understand. There's some things we'll never understand because to do things by faith means that you'll get the understanding God wants you to have when he wants you to have it. But until then, you gotta, you gotta act like it's so before it's so. Amen. In other words, you gotta start rejoicing as though it's done. Because it is done, amen, by the Spirit. But but in the natural realm, it hasn't totally manifested yet, amen. So uh, so these these men, he said, go show yourselves to the priest, and it says, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Everybody who obeyed got it. The instruction is. Go do something 
like you have it before you have it. Amen. Go show yourselves. Show them what? Show, just go. See, when, when we start stalling and asking before we obey, that means you don't believe. Say it again. If you stall out and try to ask for understanding before you obey, that means you don't believe. People who believe get up and do what God tells them to do. Amen. See, like Norval said, this is where you lose 90% of the people. Because <laughs> we don't like that. We want to understand everything. We want to ask a million questions while we sit down. And then we decide, well, I don't know about that, Jesus. I you know what that means. I mean, how come I got to do it? How come I can't do it this way? And how come I, 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 Because we like the natural. Yeah, we want to see signs, wonders, and miracles, but we want to see them somebody else being obedient and doing. We want to be spectators all the time. See? Natural again. The supernatural says, let me dig in there with you, Lord, and let me get in there with you. Let me get this thing. Let me see how this thing operates by the Spirit. Let me experience that. The reason when Jesus fed them 5,000 people, you know and I know he didn't need them disciples. That was a place of honor that day. See, whenever there's something like a miracle happening and you can get your hands in it, you're in a place of honor. And we should never see it as anything other than a place of honor. Amen. Now, if we see it as work, then we're in the wrong, you know, just go live with the Pharisees and, you know, do what they do. But, but the reason he gave, he told, he included the disciples. He says, you tell them to sit down. Now, what, is that a job to do? Is that hard? It's always simple. The part that he gives us for the return that we get, our effort is so small. He's not asking them to do anything that's going to cost them anything. Just cooperate with me. Go sit them down, you know. Now, some people would say, well, what we tell them down for? We ain't got no food. Got to see before you believe. So he's bringing them into the discipline of the faith miracle life. The faith miracle life says sit them people down because the food is on the way. You're not sitting them down for nothing. So you got to, and see the disciples by now are getting accustomed to shut up. Don't ask no questions. Whatever he tells you to do. That's why they were at the first working of miracles at the wedding. Said Jesus was called and his disciples. Why? So they could see how miracles operate. And they saw the instruction was given, whatever the master, if you call him master, that means you should be obeying him to the T. Whatever the master tells you to do, you do it. It's not going to sound right to you, but you do it. 
You're not going to see what's being provided until you do your part, but you do it. Amen. And it was the same thing with these lepers. Go show yourselves to the priest. But I'm not healed. I still got these. I still got these. Go show yourselves. And they all received the instruction and they all went. Amen. That's all they had to do. And God is so merciful. He could have let that healing stall until they got where they were supposed till they got to the priest, but he let it manifest as they went. Same thing with us. We think that because we don't see all the symptoms gone, God's not doing anything in our bodies. But see, if, if you know, if you trust and you love and you believe God, you're being healed every day as you go. As you put word into you, as you listen to that scripture, as you read the word, as you meditate on the word, you are being healed whether it looks like it or not. But you need to stay with it. See, sometimes God is trying to break bad patterns off of us of getting everyone everything quick. Wanting everything fast, wanting everything fast food. We need to stay with him. He's like, I love you. Can't you see that? Don't you see I want to spend some more time with you? Most of us can't handle that. Well, you know, I was rejected by self. We like that world better than we like the world if I love you and spend time with me. That's why we always, well, I ain't going to even go there. Let's. I'm going to stop that. Amen. But we need to straighten up and know what love is. Amen. And know how to receive the love of God. Quit rejecting everything. Amen. So go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Amen. Now, leprosy was something that, you know, all diseases are different. They have different roots. You know that from going to doctors. They ask you a million one questions. What your parents have? What they said? I'll tell them, I say, you know, I don't know too much about. <laughs> you know, and looking at my age, you know what? Come on now. If I ain't got a lot of stuff by now, I ain't getting too much. Not that way anyway. Amen. But but it, leprosy was really a sin of rebellion. The, the root of it is rebellion. And, and usually if somebody who was a leper, uh, because he was put outside of the congregation of God. Amen. It, it was almost as though uh, it was... Uh, 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 it was a, a disobedience and disobedience of the higher laws of God. So oftentimes I would imagine a leper wasn't one who brought his offerings when he sinned. He's trying to get away with stuff and cutting corners, et cetera, et cetera. No discipline. And so it, it, it so this type of, of illness and the root of it would be cured by winting. Because if chronic disobedience brought it on, then chronic obedience will cure it. So the first thing Jesus puts them to the test of is, are you going to obey my written word? And are you going to obey my spoken word? Are you going to obey me? 
because oftentimes the instruction for the cure has something to do with the root cause of it. Let's say it again. Oftentimes the instruction for the cure has something to do with the root cause of it. It's not just something Jesus thought about in his brain and, well, let me tell him to go do this or go do that. And so what he's doing is telling them, Go show yourselves to the priest as though you are living a life of obedience to me. Go show yourselves as though you've corrected all the bad behavior that got you into this mess. Amen. And so in doing that, he is demonstrating to them that he's forgiving sins. Because if he says go show, that means that whatever it is that caused this difficulty in your life has been corrected and done away with. And so he's giving them a second chance, a greater opportunity, because he has forgiven their sins. That's that's pretty much a given right here. So whatever disobedience they've been doing, God has forgiven that, and he's given them a chance. Okay, obey me in this small thing. I'm going to tell you to do something, and I'm going to watch to see if you do it. And if you do it, those symptoms will leave you, and every single one of them obeyed and every single one of them was healed as they obeyed and see many times this is our problem in life we want to do the things that we think we want to do for god and we don't want to do the things he commands us to do that word commandment rubs a lot of people the wrong way we think it's all we think everything we do for god is wonderful or a big effort, or we should get high payment for doing small things. You know, we totally exaggerate. And then when we're not feeling so good about ourselves, oh, I wish I could do more for God. I don't do enough. You know, God, use me, whatever, whatever. And so God wants us to live a life of continual blessing, which means continual obedience. Just live a life dedicated to God. There's nothing wrong with dedicating your life to him. It's supposed to be anyway. This life we live isn't ours anyhow. We're borrowing off of what God has has already ordained for us to do. And so when when we talk about some of these things that 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 Jesus would do to to get us you know back right again, oftentimes the instruction that he gives has something to do with correcting the root cause and the disobedience that led to the sickness. Amen. And so with Hezekiah, it was, he had boils, poisonous. You know, those, if, if that bacterium gets in your bloodstream, you die. And the boils were expanding. They were getting bigger. And so he gave Hezekiah something to put on there that God used to heal him. So Hezekiah needed to see something that God was telling him to do in order for him to receive his healing. So that fig poultice became a point of contact for him to know. And also he got a sign from God. He, the sundial went back 10 degrees. Amen. 
So there were two points of contact for him to know that God was releasing him for this death sentence. And so sometimes when your your disobedience is to the degree that you you feel like you deserve what's coming, God's going to have to work with you a little bit to get you out of that mindset so you can release your faith that your sins are forgiven. So for Hezekiah, it was forgiving his sins, amen? Because he went back and did the same thing again. He liked to brag on what he had. And it wasn't his, it was God's stuff, amen? And so these are the things that, that we need to understand sometimes that happen in life. But we have James 5.14 that says, there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. Pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer of faith will save the sick. God will raise you up. And if you committed any sins, they're forgiven. Why is that important? Because if, if you got a root of disobedience or root in you, it'll recur again. But if that's forgiven and it's taken away, you're healed forever. Amen. And God wants us healed forever. Amen. And so this is what it was with these ten lepers. Go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went and they all ten of them obeyed. Amen. This is like a home run healing. You got ten people. All of them get healed of the same disease. It came to you at the same time. Boy, we would love to see that in our meetings. Amen. And so these these words of knowledge that Jesus would, would give, if they were obeyed, uh, brought great results but but as i say i believe that many times the instruction that he gives is correcting some type of root you know it's reversing negative behavior that brought about the sickness so that you can live free of it because if he heals you and you go back to doing the same thing you'll get sick again and so you you've got to understand that that these things Happened this way for a reason. This is not just something he told them to do to see if they would obey and, and heal them from that. They make sense in the spirit realm as, as well. And so this one man turned around, came back. Amen. So their healed, their wenting was pretty simple. Go show yourselves to the priest. With us, every day is a continual wenting. Amen. So the wenting process Verse 14 that says go show is is putting them into a higher priesthood than the Levitical priesthood. See, with, with Levitical priesthood, you had to observe. You had to get obedient first and then observe to see that your symptoms were leaving. And then you went and showed yourself to the priest. Here, they're full of symptoms and they go show. So they are bypassing the Levitical priesthood, but then honoring it at the same time. And so you'll see Jesus do things like this. Faith is always higher than the law. He would show this over and over. The woman with the issue bypassed the law and used her faith. Faith will always get you the results because faith came before the law. Faith is higher than the law. Our faith, we inherit from Abraham, and there was no law when he was walking with God. This was before Moses. Amen? But there was a priesthood. 
Yeah, the Melchizedek priesthood is higher than the Levitical. And these people operate under that one. Why? Because Jesus told them to do it. He's the high priest forever after the order of absolutely. So his his words are higher, but the law came from him too. So he has them obey the law as well. Only he knows how to do that. See? With us, let's just obey the Holy Ghost. Amen. And <laughs> but but we are uh, under that that priesthood that that royal priesthood that's Melchizedek. He was king of Salem and high priest of Salem as well. So we have both of those in us. We don't act like it most of the time. I won't say that. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You let the devil whoop up on your thoughts long enough and you'll feel like, mm-hmm. huh? Or we take part of it and want to be kings and queens. Don't want to be a priest, though. Don't want to do no work. Just want to sit on a throne. That ain't the kind of priest. That ain't kind of kind of royalty we are, folks. That's not who Jesus is. Yeah, right. Everybody that's, that's clicking queen on their Facebook page, stop it. Queen of what? your kingdom is not of this world if you're putting yourself a crown on your head like a worldly person stop it it's not right doesn't do justice to the blood of jesus his blood paid for you we're we're into deeper things than that you don't need a crown who is quiet Oh, somebody's writing something mean to me on on the. Um... <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Bible says that when we get to heaven, we'll we'll be coronated, but we'll throw them at the feet of Jesus. You won't even want to wear it in His presence. Shouldn't want to try to wear something in His presence now, because He's still watching us, knowing what's going on. So, winting principles go and show. That it, the in, instruction comes from a higher priesthood than the one that requires you to show. Amen. So show yourselves to the priest means that you are obeying the law of Moses that they were under at the time. This is, is the orders come from a higher priesthood than that of Levi. Amen. So it, it means to go and and not be afraid to face judgment about your symptoms. So when God heals you, his healing will stand up to everybody's scrutiny. Which means that you shouldn't be, when God heals you, you shouldn't be afraid to go back to the doctor and say, you know, my symptoms are gone. I, I Show me how to get off this medicine because I don't believe I need it anymore. And they'll tell you, they'll they'll do their testing until they're satisfied. And they can take you out. Why? Because you put yourself under their authority when you went and got their help. So now that God's healed you, you got to go and get cleared of their authority in your life. Amen. So that you, unless God tells you, just don't go back anymore. 
You know, and sometimes he'll do that. But we shouldn't make that decision on our own because we're afraid to let the doctor see or to, to give him our testimony that we're healed, anything like that. So, so we have to go and face whatever judgment there is about their, their symptoms because God's healing will stand up under natural scrutiny, spiritual scrutiny, under any kind of scrutiny. It goes because it's forever. Amen. It's real and it's forever. So the priest was the one who declared a person sick or well, whether they were able to enter the congregation of the Lord come out from under that quarantine where they were calling themselves unclean, stay away because they were highly contagious. There were some times when leprosy was not contagious and the priest could tell you that. There was a period where it might not, but see, if the person continues in their negative ways or in their sin, it's never going to reverse on them. So this thing about go show broke that rebellion in them. Because they were able now to obey authority. You ever seen anybody that just don't listen to nobody? That's the leper. They wind up in jail. Why? Because you got to get them away from normal people. Because they're going to hurt somebody. I'm serious. Them people just ain't ready. And they generally will wind up in a, you know, just enough space for them. No human company, very little. Bars and locks. See, obedience will keep you out of jail. You obey mom and daddy, you won't be so quick to want to challenge everything. Amen? So, so, you know, you, you had, there was a protocol for the, the, uh, uh, the leper that the priest had to go through. I'm going to look at this real quick. Leviticus 13. Let's see what it says. Yeah, this just tells you, it says, uh, verse 13 says, Then the priest shall consider and behold, if the leprosy has covered all his flesh, he shall pronounce him clean um, that has has that hath the plague, it is all turned white, he is clean. But when the raw flesh appears in him, he's unclean. So that tells anybody anywhere when you're when you're oozing and it's open and there's sores, you're contagious. Amen. But but these people could get healed and, and go back to the priest and see. Well apparently they were oozing when they came to Jesus. Because they were unclean and they called him from afar and they knew they were contagious. Amen. It says, if the raw flesh turn again and be changed into white, he shall come to the priest and the priest shall see him and behold, if the plague be turned into white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean that has the plague, he is clean. The flesh also, which in which even the skin thereof was a boil and is healed, and the place where the boil would be rising and white and so forth and so on. So the priest was also the physician. Amen? And because they would tell you, but and these are sanitary laws that, like, people in medicine didn't even understand how to, to keep People from catching each other's diseases in hospitals until like the 1800s. They began to develop 
antiseptic methods. Doctors would come in and handle patients, go from one to the next to the next with their raw hands. And, oh yeah, now so-and-so's got that. And nobody figured out that the physician was transferring it from person to person. Well, the priest knew if, if, if there's a discharge on your sheets, burn them. Cancel, don't let anybody in, don't let anybody out, because this thing will spread on everybody. And they were the physicians that kept sanitary conditions for these people throughout their lives. Amen? That was well done. Any, anybody could come and read that in the Bible and know how to keep disease from spreading. But you can see people who worked in medicine won't, weren't Bible readers, or they'd have figured it out long ago. Like the people that, the explorers, who only would go so far because they thought the earth was flat. You go out there and you fall out. You know, you fall off the edge of the earth because you saw a horizon. They thought that was the end of the earth and they'd fall off. God sits his feet on the circle of the earth. It's in the Bible. It's been around forever. They just found it out, you know, in the 1500s. And so... It takes people, you know, you see how sin makes you stupid? It takes you a while to figure stuff out in your natural mind. That's why God wants us to to walk by faith and not by sight. See, stay in the spirit where you can't see what's going on in the natural and get influenced by it, either encouraged or discouraged by it. you got to stay in the spirit. Stay encouraged by your spirit. So this is what Jesus was telling them to do. Go show yourselves to the priest. I know when you came up here and talked to me, everything was oozing and you're unclean, but go now. And everybody went. That's amazing that everybody can be of the same mind and show the same obedience. Amen. Except when it came to giving thanks. One man broke rank, came back. So was this disobedience? Uh huh. It was doing what his faith told him to do. See, the rest of them, they all got healed now. They all were obedient, but you'll see this breaking rank thing often with people who get a miracle. There's something that, that they have to veer off the norm of things in order to get what the woman with the issue of blood. She crawled, they say she more than likely crawled, she touched the hem, so she wasn't walking up there where everybody was and then all of a sudden dropped on her feet, I mean dropped down on her hands and knees and touched his hem, but she was down there where his hem was. She did not want to be seen, she did not want to be detected, but she broke rank and broke protocol in order to get her healing. These lepers didn't break rank to get to Jesus. They just called him from a distance and he told them what to do and they went and so he never touched them. He just spoke to them and they went and they obeyed his word and were healed as they went. See, the minute you start obeying God, you start getting healed. I don't care. You, I don't care if you don't see anything. I don't care if you don't feel different. You're being healed the minute you obey him. When he tells you, the Bible tells us, listen to the word. There's medicine in the word. When you start listening to the word, you immediately start getting healed. You may not see it for a little bit. You may not even feel anything right away. 
But you you are getting healed. You know, you're healed as you go or as you went. We we did it so much we called it wenting. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to read you a little bit from how much time do I have, Miss Claretta Tayara? Oh, I can do a lot of things in eight minutes. I could sing another. No, I'm not going to sing. I'll spare you all. <laughs> okay, so uh, she's talking about this scripture. Uh, and I'll just pick up where I believe she. I can start. It, it, where she says, they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He replied immediately, he always does. There is not a soul in existence who dares to assert that Jesus ever failed to answer when he cried to him for mercy. He saw them through and through and recognized that it was a heart cry and he answered it. But what an answer. How startling his reply. How unexpected his command. Go show yourselves unto the priests. Go show. Why they had been industriously hiding themselves, concealing, covering, cloaking, for they well knew that they were vile beyond expression, rotten, putrid, decaying, dying on their feet. That's what leprosy does to you. Go show yourselves unto the priests. The officials charged with the responsibility of making the minutest inspection and declaring the leper an outcast from human society if symptoms of the dread disease were discovered also were empowered to issue a clean bill of health to the cleansed leper, which restored him to his privileges as one of God's people. The word Jesus spoke to them healed and commanded them because they were healed, to present them to the priests for official certification of that fact. So Jesus' word healed them as he spoke it to them. That's why he told them, go show. Because his word, he Jesus has total confidence in the healing power of his word. Please note that they, not one, two, three, four, all six of them, but all ten of them went. And as they went, not as they talked about it, sang about it or even shouted about it but as they did it they were all ten of them the man in the last stages quite as much as the one who but recently became infected with this deadly virus they were cleansed and had something to show that they were not afraid or ashamed to display before a whole conference of ecclesiastics namely perfect soundness through faith in the name of Jesus of Nazareth She says here, I am altogether devoid of theatrical aspirations, but I'm free to confess that ever since the Lord healed me of hopeless conditions resulting from morphine addiction, I have been in the show business. It's 35 years now and never expect to retire. I long to tell with every breath what the Lord Jesus Christ is ready to do for the most hopeless cases of sin and sickness and to point to myself as a monument of saving grace to go and show. This scripture verse was once brought home to me with great force during a time of fierce testing. I was working in a government office and also holding a number of meetings a week and my eyes failed under continuous strain. I felt sure that I could secure a prolonged leave of absence with salary six months or even longer by making application in the proper quarter, but I prayed earnestly before doing so. 
always good to ask God and not go with the first thing that pops into your head. She said, to my surprise, the healing of the ten lepers was brought vividly to my consciousness. And on reading the passage, the words, as they went, stood out from the page as though they were for me personally. So certain was I of this that I abandoned all idea of applying for leave and was almost instantaneously relieved of all troubling symptoms in using my eyes. But it happened as I went. I had to do some winting before deliverance was manifested. Do not fail to note that ten went and ten were cleansed. God's remedy for all disease met the test as it always does. No matter what the ailment, how, whether incipient or advanced, how young or old the sufferer, Jesus never fails. Leprosy is a type of sin and there is no rep- remedy for it but a cry of Jesus. Have you called on the name of the Lord? If not, come within your sin and sickness. Call upon him. Step out on his word in the direction which he indicates, and you will have something to show. For you can say, Behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sins of the world. Now comes a sharper test. Ten were leprous. Ten called on the name of the Lord. Ten were cleansed. But only one, and he a stranger of whom nothing was expected, returned to give thanks. Only one cast himself at the feet of Jesus. Only one glorified God, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? During the last 35 years, I have known directly and indirectly of the healing of thousands by the power of God through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, but where are they today? If they were all like the Samaritan at the feet of Jesus, I believe that many of the problems that constantly confront us as Christian work would be solved. Shall we not like David who when men went in jeopardy of their lives to fetch him water from the well at Bethlehem, refused to drink it but poured it out as a drink offering to the Lord, say of our lives, redeemed from destruction by his death, love so amazing, so divine, shall have my life, my love, and my all. So what she is saying here is that we should be willing to give our all to the Lord because he gave his all for us. Amen. Come back and be thankful. Always be thankful. I had to learn that. I used to to be short on thanksgiving to God because I was just so anxious to get on the next thing. But oftentimes the next thing won't come until you're thankful. Amen. Sometimes our waiting can be shortened if we will stop and give the Lord thanks. Amen. Why don't we stop now? Father, we do thank you for what you've deposited in our hearts today. We thank you, Lord, for the healing stories, the healing accounts. Lord, the the book of uh, the gospel of John says that if all the things that Jesus done did while he was here in three years on earth were written and not all the books in the world would be able to contain them. And we thank you, Lord, that we have record of his goodness and his mercy and his love. And he's always merciful. He's always there. He is the savior of the world. So we don't have another one that we can go to or want to go to. Once we go to him, we've received everything we had. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, we'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I don't have monkeypox, and he don't have me. And we thank you, Lord, 
that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen.